And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. My pleasure. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here on a Saturday. Uh, This program, within the milieu of history, theology, current events, seeks to answer listener questions that have come up or some that we may have thought of ourselves. Um, On the world scene right now are uh, a number of uh, riots and upsetment um, in various places in the world. Recently it was in Egypt, and uh, now we're seeing it in uh, Libya. And uh, this reminds us of uh, some verses of Scripture. And so, as we talk about this today, let's look at the Scripture, and it's uh, Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is a wonderful psalm, uh, Dan. It is uh, the second, of course, psalm in the the Psalter. Now, the Psalter has 150 psalms, and it has five collections. Mm. Sometimes people will notice it says book mm. one, book two, book three, and up to five. This is in the first collection, and this is a psalm of David. So, Psalm 2, I think uh, the the uh, hearer would, would profit from the comments that we make if they keep in mind that this is a psalm of King David, who himself was an authority figure and sat on the throne hmm. at God's appointment. So, Psalm 2 is written by someone uh, who knows how to exercise and wield authority. Now, a listener might ask, well, why did they all of a sudden jump into Psalm 2? And uh, what's some of the content of Psalm 2 that would remind us of uh, applying today to uh, the riots in Egypt and Libya? Well, I think just to read it a little bit, you know, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying... Let us break the bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Mm -hmm. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The (laughs) Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today have I begotten you. Ask me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with the rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. This is called uh, also a messianic psalm. Mm -hmm. Clearly, uh, while it uh, finds its uh, immediate uh, application in David, there is a sense in which it goes beyond him and points to that one who is the king of kings and lord of lords. Mm -hmm. And some of the Language here, of course, uh, solely applies uh, to Jesus as the great head and king Hmm. that was promised in the scriptures. You mentioned something, uh, John, about uh, uh, this thing being written by King David as one who ruled, but it also, and with that we need to remember, he wasn't just the king, 
he was also the guy that was often persecuted by his own son, by the previous king, by uh, the Philistines, who were always a, a pain in, in his side. And I think, you know, when you look at that, he, he looks at the nations around him. He realizes how precariously his own position yes. is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is also a representative figure. He's yes. not just simply... Uh, one king who reigns among many, but he, in a special way, represents the Lord. And yeah. one of the key interpretive elements to this uh, psalm is to remember that David takes uh, the attitude that is directed toward him to actually be directed toward God. And in that sense, his representation mm. of the Lord and his reign uh, you can see then that there's something very deep and dark mm. at work among the nations, and it's directed not simply at David, right. but at the Lord of glory. Mm. Mm. That's absolutely right. And, and David's whole kingship, even though he did some wrong things and did some evil things, was was based on his total dependence on the Lord. And especially, I think that's brought out in, in the last, if you will, big mistake that we see recorded where he numbered the people and mm-hmm. he had these choices and he had these mm-hmm. three choices and the choice that he chose was to experience the plague for three days because he felt that more directly put him in the hands of the Lord. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, the interesting thing too here is that from the human standpoint you could understand mm-hmm. uh, that some of the criticism that he received just purely from a human standpoint, was justified. He Mm -hmm. was not a sterling figure at every turn Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the way. And uh, as someone has pointed out, uh, you would be very wrong to moralize uh, in teaching about King David saying, do this, what you did good, don't do that. You know, the the King David really represents a a king and represents God, but he also represents the sinner. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, And the moral of his life is that God saves sinners. That's right. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah. Uh, He had some sterling uh, 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 virtues, but he had some egregious faults. Yeah. His character was defined by his dependence on God's grace. Oh, I, I think so. In fact, uh, Mark uh, doesn't uh, the uh, yeah. scripture say that he was a man after God's own. That's heart? right. He was a man. He after, kept hmm. uh, falling down, but by yeah. God's grace, he kept getting That's up right. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of um, the people who are raging, the people who are plotting a vain thing. That um, this is um, against the rulership of the great king. Could we talk about that a little bit? Well, he does say, why do the nations rage and imagine a vain thing? And he goes on to say, against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the representation. Yeah, He's a messianic figure. Yeah, Mm. yeah. This is is one of the things that, you know, when I look at the psalm, I say, this is a psalm that's all about trusting in God. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why I fear for our nation when I look at this, because mm-hmm. you can look at, at a lot of these nations. You could look at Egypt. We mentioned Egypt and Libya. Look at Muammar Gaddafi. Now, what, what an arrogant uh, leader he has been. Yeah, yes. And he has raged, and as we're recording this, he's uh, apparently already bombed his own people and mm-hmm. and 
and committed all these kinds of atrocities. And it's easy to look at somebody like that mm-hmm. and say, look at that. They fit this this psalm too. But mm-hmm. but what do they rage against? They rage against the Lord and they rage against his anointed. And you look at so many countries where Christians are being persecuted and you have to say, what are they doing? They're raging against God's anointed. There is a rage among the nations, isn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah. But I look at my own country, and I'm saying, it's happening here. You know, rage is yeah. an interesting topic. I, uh, some years ago, read the Iliad with uh, some children. And, uh, it, you know, it's one of the great uh, pieces mm. of literature of all time. And it begins with the rage of Achilles. The whole theme of mm. the Iliad, a big, long work, epic poem, is about the rage of a man. But he is typical The nations who do not bow down before their maker and submit to his son will rage. And they rage and rage. So we're dealing with a seething pot of rage today in the world, and all of us can see it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and you see it against God's law. And and I look at this country and and some of the rage that is against God's law and, Mm -hmm. and those who would stand up and uh, defend God's law. Look at, for example, uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some of this stuff that goes on in terms of abortion, and, and let's get specific here with, say, not just abortion, but with um, stem cell research. Mm-hmm. You know, with stem cell research, what do we have? We have very good findings and cures coming with adult stem cell research, but with the stem cell research, which winds up in in actually killing an infant, mm-hmm. we're not finding any success there. Mm. So it would simply you could simply say, well, scientifically, we throw that one. So you're asking the question: Why do why why does a certain element continue to insist on? And and the elements insist that we must have you know embryonic stem cell research, in light of the fact that there is so little success. No, in fact, I say little. There's no success as far as I know at this Mm -hmm. point, and yet there's a great deal of success with adult stem cell. Yeah, it's proved to be a blind alley, whereas the other adult stem cell research has proved to be fruitful. And and it's very promising. And so when you say, why is that? They rage when you uh, suggest the alternative. Because it's God's law. They're raging against the Lord. Yeah, there is something spiritual about all of this, a deep spiritual element Mm. Evil has a spiritual element to it, and it has a direction, ultimately and violently, is directed toward the one who is the righteous judge of all. Yeah. Well, hold that thought for just a minute. I see we're up against a break. Today you're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We're looking at Psalm 2 in light of the riots around the world and in light of uh, the law of God and what he expects of a nation. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We're looking at Psalm 2 today, and what prompted that was the riots in Libya and the previous riots in Egypt, and uh, just the world condition in general. So, gentlemen, uh, there's a portion of Scripture here that I want to get to regarding he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. But John, while the mic was closed, uh, you mentioned uh, what we should cover first is the immediate cause, and maybe you could help well, us on that a little bit. I, I, the ultimate cause, of course, as we've already identified, is hostility toward God. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, the immediate cause happens to be uh, the situation that each these people find themselves in each one of these countries. This started in Tunisia, spread to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now it's spread to what? Yemen. A, a, about ten countries Maybe. in the Middle East. Now, what's yeah. going on there? Well, they all have something in common. Number one, almost all of them are ruled by dictators. Number two, they're under draconian laws. Number three, there is very little freedom. And number four, they persecute Christians and anybody else who's not part of the larger society. Mm-hmm. And they truly persecute Christians. Uh, I, I know many Coptic young people, Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. I, when I say many, I mean maybe a half a dozen to a dozen I know and I've mm-hmm. met personally and talked with them about their situations. They are persecuted in Egypt and have been. Mm. They are second-class citizens. Um and there is a certain uh, cultural malformation in these lands. First of all, I see a certain cruelty that you mm. don't see in a lot of places in the world. Uh, there is a low regard for life. Mm. Um, I even remember, even before we went into Afghanistan, I remember seeing some dogfights. And I saw the relish with which these people took the men in watching their dogs mm. fight to the mm. death. You know, that is a certain represents a certain kind of brutality that we really, with all of our sins and problems, and we'll talk about them, mm. that I don't see. 
Yeah. There's this uh, overriding expectation of God, it seems. Uh, he describes the nations as raging, the people plying a vain thing. He describes the kings of the earth setting themselves and taking counsel against the Lord, against his anointed. Um, he knows who he is. He is the Lord God omnipotent who rules and reigns forever. Um, he has a particular response to um, to the people that are rebellious. And, and can we talk about that response that we see here in the scriptures? Yeah, when you, you see the response, God knows he's in control. <laughs> and he just laughs, and he lets these people go on for a short time. Mm. But, you know, you can look at history. You look at the short term. Look at Nazi Germany uh, just before World War II. I'm sure Hitler thought he had it made. I mean, mm. he had the best technology, he had the best army, he had the best air force. He walked through France like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. He must have thought nobody could stop him. And guess what? It was God who stopped him. You know, we can say United really States was. came in, but it, w- it was God who stopped him. Yeah. Look at Rome. Go back at the, at the time, and especially right before Constantine. That was some of the most severe persecution of the Christian church. Right there, right just before Constantine. Mm-hmm. And again, Rome was kind of sitting there thinking, you know, who can stand against us? <laughs> but yet, the, eventually, Rome uh, collapsed, and and eventually, you know, of course, uh, Constantine came in, and and then you had the Christians uh, finally getting some freedom and some relief. You mm-hmm. know, with with the nations being roiled uh, like mm-hmm. they are, boiling over, uh, it's probably uh, true that some Christian. Christians get unnerved and want to know, well, where are things going? In one sense, I can't tell you what exactly where they're going, but I can tell you that this psalm teaches unequivocally that God is sovereign and in control. Mm. This is a mighty, mighty okay. psalm when it, in teaching the sovereignty of God. And there is a sense in which I think, you know, David, in the midst of all of the turmoil, uh, that he encountered on several occasions in his life was able to sleep. Did you ever notice that? Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things when 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 he was leaving the city and and Shimei was cursing him. Yes. I I always love it, you know. And and uh, let's see, it was Abishai was said, "Let me go up and kill this guy. We'll take care of him." And David said, "No." He said, yeah. "No." Let him curse me. First off, he said, you know, maybe God told him to curse me. He probably thought maybe he had a right in some way. He had it coming. <laughs> and the other thing he said, but maybe God will also see see us and, and have mercy on us. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. And, and he was so dependent on what God would do. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's where we need to be. And when Absalom had rebelled uh, and he was somewhat on the run yeah, and things were in doubt, it says, was it in Psalm 3 or 4? I forget which one it is, or maybe five, that uh, he, he talks about going to bed at night and lying down and sleeping, sleeping through the night yeah. without fear. Yeah. Now, that tells me that whatever defects David had, and they're obvious, the scriptures do not hide his sins. But on the other hand, he was a man who did believe yeah. in God's sovereign purposes yeah. and that God was in control. And, and God was specifically mm-hmm. involved in his life taking care of him. That's right. When things start to go bad and we feel terrible stress and things are weighing in on us, this psalm brings great peace, doesn't it? It does. Um, God is in the heavens, and uh, he uh, He holds um, um, covenant breakers, let's use that term, 
or or the ungodly who set themselves up as something great in derision. Um, we Man. often read of the grace of God, and and th- that grace is so evident in Jesus Christ. And at the same time, we see here his kingship, and his kingship is powerful. And ultimately, who wins? It is the Lord mm-hmm. God Almighty who wins. And yeah. his people. We, we'll yeah. um, possibly from time to time, Dan, you tell me that we get uh, uh, a listener from uh, the Middle East mm. uh, going on to their computers. And, yes, it's true. And uh, if there should be any listening to this, let mm. me encourage mm. our Christian mm. brothers mm. and sisters to remember that God is in charge, even Amen. though when uh, a thousand are falling on the right and the left right. and Amen. nothing seems to be stable, uh, that, yes, there is a rock, mm. and uh, yeah. and he is our rock, our Ebenezer. Amen. That's right. John, you mentioned that this psalm is a messianic psalm. We only have a couple of minutes left. Maybe we could just uh, focus on that a little bit about... Uh, we already have certainly, but the coming of Jesus and um, in this psalm, there's a there's like a promise to to him. It says, "Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession." Well, what a great um, thing it is to see the gospel advance, men, women, boys, and girls come to Jesus Christ and be changed from within. The shortest uh, confession of faith we have, and it's in Scripture in the New Testament, and it is simply this, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Now, mm. when we confess that by the Spirit, and that's that's a basic Christian creed, Jesus is Lord, mm. we are saying, and we recognize by faith, that when Jesus came into the world to seek and to save the lost, we recognize indeed that he's the Lord's anointed. Yeah. He is the Lord's Messiah. He is, in fact, the great head and king of the church, and one day that will be manifest in the future. But what is great for missions is that since he has established his church and he is its head and great king, he has commanded us to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature, and that power subdues the nations. Yeah, it's beautiful. The Great Commission. This small uh, radio ministry here is part of that Great Commission. And uh, we're accountable to men of God, and we just are so thankful to participate in a small piece of that. Um, Maybe you're a civil magistrate, you're listening. Maybe you are in government in some way or another. Um, This psalm towards the end addresses you specifically. It says, uh, Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Then God says this, Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. There is your mission in part, to um, carry out your duties for the glory of God. Yeah, this is this thing I think is great. Rejoice with trembling. We don't think <laughs> of trembling and rejoicing at the same time, but I yeah. think it's, it's really appropriate because, yeah, we rejoice because God is victorious, but we need to tremble because we need to ask, are we on the Lord's side? Amen. You know, I, I guess somebody asked. I guess it was Abraham Lincoln during this, the uh, uh, the uh, war between the states. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you almost said the other one. Didn't the, you? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I didn't want to say the war of northern aggression, but I, <laughs> I just. <laughs> now, where's Hans when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this person asked, 
Abraham Lincoln, do you think God is on your side? And he said, "The most that's not the important thing. The important thing is yes. whether I'm on God's side. And Amen that's that. the key right here. Amen. You know, are we doing what God wants? Well, as we close today, dear listener, um, this is, again, uh, a call from the Lord to your heart. Uh, whose side are you on? Are you on Satan's side or God's side? Uh, we serve the Lord God omnipotent, who's made himself mm-hmm. known in his Son, Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. By his Spirit, he comes and he draws you to himself. Perhaps you are being drawn today. Please contact us if that's the case. Our email address, ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. If you have a question for one of these pastors, we'll route it to them, and they can answer you directly. We'd love to hear from you. Our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, P.O. Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Contact us. We'll mail you free literature, how you can know Christ. Call us on our toll-free number, 888-724-4427. Thanks so much for tuning our way today as we've talked a little bit about Psalm 2 and the current events in this world and who really rules and reigns. Today in the studio with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. 